Yacht Rock Radio, on air and online at YachtRockRadio.com. Joining us on the phone all the way from, is it Florida? Are you? I, I always think of you as Mr. Florida. Are you in Florida? Well, I just spent 14 years in Burbank, California, making movies with my two sons. That's crazy. But, <laughs> but we decided to come home to Tarpon Springs which is a little Greek fishing village on the Gulf Coast. Yes. So today, anyway, uh, you're Mr. Florida. It's Bertie Higgins joining us uh, on Yacht Rock Radio. Bertie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time uh, to promote your 40th anniversary. Uh, is it? I, I don't know. It's not really a box set, but it's isn't it a, a quadruple album that's now streaming? Is that what we're doing? What I've done, I signed a deal with Time Life Warner Brothers, and they're streaming it internationally, all 27 of my albums. But the neat thing about it is the people who have only heard my hits now get to hear album cuts they've never heard. And that's great, and I really appreciated it. So uh, I'm doling it out to them album by album. I got 20, I can't believe I got 27 albums out on the market. That's crazy. <laughs> that's quite a career. Uh, and then just to drop on me out of nowhere that you've been making movies for the last 14 years. We'll talk about that in a second. But back to the, the time life thing. How, you know, fans of music my age, we, we hold the time life series in high regard. I mean, we all remember those. They weren't even infomercials. They were almost just television shows with the time life series. Uh, how did you yeah, get involved two, with time at, life? Yeah, at, at 2 a.m. in the morning, right? Right, yeah. There's usually somebody sitting by a fireplace saying, but wait, there's more. <laughs> well, that's this is different. Uh, this is only streaming, but it's in every country except North Korea and Iraq, and I could give a damn less about North Korea and Iraq. <laughs> I don't care about being uh, in those countries, but it's, it's going to be a tremendous royalty stream coming in. Well, your, your album sales just tanked in North Korea and Iraq after you said that out loud. Um, so it's, it's streaming, like where could we stream it? What do we have to search for here? Well, you'd have probably, I mean, they've already started adding all uh, several songs to YouTube uh, that weren't there before. You know what? That's a good question. I need to speak with them when we get off the phone and say, where do you go to get this? Probably Time Life Streaming in Google would probably take you there. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Well, yeah, for sure. Just uh, for our fans and listeners, just search out Time Life Birdie Higgins, and there's no way you can miss it. Um, are, aren't you guys doing tours with Yacht Rock? We're always doing uh, events, live events, concerts, tours, for sure. We'd love to do one with you uh, downriver, so to speak. Well let's, well, let's do it. You know, I coined the term Trop Rock, and uh, then it became Yacht Rock. In fact, I just wrote a song that the yachts are rocking, don't come and knock it, which well, I, I think is... I need a copy of that. Is that available? I, you know, I, I just need to go in the studio and lay it down. I don't normally write corny, clever songs, but this one has been bugging me for a year, the title has been. So I finally put some lyrics down and some music, so it's about done. So is that how uh, songwriting goes? There's something in your head that's just been bugging you? And you're like, all right, let's go. Pen and paper. Well, that's how I do it. I mean, I'll drive around looking at street signs and stuff and billboards going, well, that's a great idea. Uh, and, and But I, I'll i roll it around in my head for several months at least before I attempt to lay it down on paper or a, a, a demo recording 
But that's how I've always done it, man. You know, I, I'm cautious about it. But when you're written over 250 songs, you're a little weary about saying I love you in many different ways. I think I'm going to write one called I Hate Your Guts. How about that one? <laughs> There's only a few hatred songs out there. There's a lot of love songs. So, yeah. yeah and, and you run out of ways to say that. So I think I Hate Your Guts is appropriate. I don't know, man. The Time Life Loathing series. With Bertie Higgins, yeah, we uh, get us the hate song. We'll play that too. But the yacht song, anything—if you say yacht in any lyric, we'll play that song on Yacht Rock Radio. Oh well, I'll, well, if the yachts are rocking, don't come and knocking. You know, <laughs> perfect. perfect. So, you know, sometimes I'll lay in bed at night and go to that. Did I? I amaze myself sometimes. I go, did, did I really do that? Did that really happen? It's an amazing career, man. It, it really has uh, been uh, awesome. Um, can you explain real quick about, um, you know, I haven't committed this to memory, but didn't you get, um, are you knighted uh, overseas? Or or if not knighted, you, aren't you held in some amazing high regard in Japan? Or aren't you like Elvis status somewhere overseas? Well, I'm very popular in all the Pacific Rim countries. I was in China Chi- eight okay. times in in 2019 but the last three years have been remarkable i was knighted i've got an honorary doctorate degree in music from hanover university in germany i was inducted into the uh beethoven hall of fame and the uh mozart hall of fame then i was just inducted into the florida artist hall of fame along with uh tennessee williams and uh several other notables so i've got a bronze plaque on the rotunda in tallahassee uh wall of the capitol so it's been an incredible time in my life uh with things going on like that then i was inducted into the florida music hall of fame burt reynolds gave that award to me just before he died he's been a friend he was a friend of mine for several years but it's been a remarkable time. So I tell my band, well, I'm Sturdy Higgins, Ph.D. You can either kiss my ring or kiss my you-know-what. <laughs> That's and right. And they, well, they said, we'll take the former. We'll kiss your ring. I was going to ask which what comes first on your business card, sir or, or doctor. So you're saying it's Sir Bertie Higgins, Ph.D. You got it. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I've got a statement. I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll have a look. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great slogan for your business card. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I didn't didn't put that on there. So you you can offend so many people in so many different ways. You just got to be careful about what you do, man. Oh, my. Do you have kids? Do you make your kids call you Dr. Higgins? No, 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 but uh, no, I've got kids. How many kids you got running around that, that you know of? Yeah, yeah, two daughters for myself, and uh, they uh, they could care less about their dad's career. So you don't have any children? No, I've got four. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you have four. That's what I was going to ask. Do, do they, I, I guess it's just been a phenomenon to me how, how children don't really care what their parents do for a living. Well, so mine kind of rubbed off. My eldest son, Damien, who lives in Brooklyn, is one of the top rave DJs in the world. Then I've got Julian, who's a film director, who just directed the uh, uh, Michelob Light commercial. Then I've got my youngest, Aaron, who's working for the Disney company on the Mandalorian project. 
So I said, Dad, I'm living my dream. So my kids have done okay. The only sane one is my daughter, Kim, who's been with Southwest Airlines for 17 years. And said, Dad, they're giving us hell these days. It's tough. You know what? Of the four uh, careers you just described, I think I like the Southwest Airlines the best. That's my airline. That's what I fly. I'm in their loyalty program. I love your daughter. Well, she's the only sane one in the family, beside my wife. What does she do for uh, Southwest? Uh, she'd been with them. She, she's she's a counter girl. Kind of people yell at. Why is my flight canceled? Or why is my flight late? And you know, she goes, "Damned if I know. I don't know." <laughs> you know, so they're driving her crazy. I so I, I took her out to lunch the other day, down at one of the Greek restaurants down at the Sponge Docks here in Tarpon, and we we have a ball talking about life in general. Does she roll her eyes if someone comes to the counter and says, "How can I get to Key Largo"? No, I don't think she's ever had that. She she doesn't stick my name out there too far, even though when I go to the counter, they genuflect. I'm kidding, man. Well, they'd have to. You're a you're a knight and a doctor. <laughs> I, I I've never known a knight. Have you? I I have. This is my first time speaking to a knight. Uh, I, I feel I'm honored, Sir Bertie Higgins, Ph.D. This is uh, this is quite an honor for myself. Um, well, it's pretty crazy. You stop and think about it, man. And I never quit. I never gave up. I keep bumping my head against that wall. Yeah. But I, I've learned. I've learned a lot over the years. That's why I fired all my managers. I knew more than they knew. Uh, but I've got great. I've got a great lawyer working with me named Joel Katz, who's one of the top entertainment lawyers in in the world, actually. Uh, but I try to avoid him because he's expensive. But if I have to, I'll go to it. That's what lawyers do. So as a when you got knighted, I mean, I, I don't know much about that process. Did you meet the queen? I mean, did you did they do the sword on each side of your shoulder? Yeah, but that knighthood came out of Germany. Each European country has their own knighthood program. Oh, okay. And uh, unfortunately, the queen died before I could get to her. But. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, yeah. The, I've got the sword hanging on my wall, actually. And so you uh, went to the, Germany, uh, and you were in a you know a thousand year old castle with the swords, the sword on each shoulder. You, I dubbed the. No, they no, they came to me when I was living in Burbank, California, oh, okay. and we got knighted out at a mission uh, about twenty miles outside of L.A., which was just as exciting. I had a bunch of people there. Uh, and the sword, I said, you can go over the head, but just don't go left and right with that damn thing. <laughs> you want to protect the beard. Don't shave that off. Did, did, is this something that you were nominated for, or do you apply for this? I mean, I, I'm just amazed by this whole process. Well, the group came to me and wanted to knight me, and I said, well, let's do it. So now they want to make me a count, <laughs> which is next step up. As I said, is that Count Dracula or is that just Count Bertie? I said, I'll stay with the Knight Commander, which I've got. I had no idea. So what is there something above a count? Someday you could be king. You'll be king someday. Oh, God, that scares me just thinking about it. Can you imagine (laughs) me being a king? King of what? King of the sponge docks, I guess. I don't know. Well, you can perform surgery. You're a a doctor. uh, maybe well, not as a, I said, I'm not, not a, a gynecologist. But you'll take a look. Uh, yeah, but and, I'll take a look. And we're speaking to that's, the, that's a great line. And it really is. We're speaking to the future king of Germany, uh, Bertie Higgins. You and, know, we were in Munich shooting a movie a couple of years ago. Germany's great, man. If I lived there, I'd weigh 900 pounds of the food. Is some of the best I've ever had in my life. They they've got these little old 
restaurants out in the middle of the black forest. These little ladies come up with stained aprons and under the chairs match. But when they put that stuff on the table, it's killer. Some of the best food I've ever had. Well, okay. I think I'm, I've got my, uh, I'm satisfied with the night story. Uh, and we've mentioned uh, movies and, and your pal, Burt Reynolds. Let's talk about the, the Hollywood connection here. Uh, I guess most recently you mentioned you shot a movie in in Germany. What, what was, uh, in this conversation anyway, most recently, what, what well, was the, that the, movie? The, what was going on there? Well, we, there was a documentary that we shot that we're still wrapping up on, just about to finish after two years. Uh, it's about Bill Haley and the Comets and the creation of rock and roll. Oh, this is cool. And uh, the biggest museum on Bill Haley and the Comets is in Munich, Germany. I had no idea. I didn't either until I flew over there and said, wow, look at this thing. But I got tired of Chuck Berry and these guys going, I'm the father of rock and roll. I went, no, man. Bill Haley was. And there was nothing like it before him. And uh, he, he had a rough life, though. You know, he died of too, drinking too much uh, whiskey, died in Texas. And uh, I spoke to his family, his kids and stuff like that. We spoke to them. Uh, and they had great family stories to tell about the old man but the other the other three are feature films which are really tough when you do 27 albums that's a walk in park one feature film will put you in the ground they're tough to do especially on a lower budget we have tom sizemore in one of them you remember tom i know tom yeah i remember him he's a great he's been a lot of military movies he's a great actor black hawk down and uh saving private ryan but he's a great actor a little cantankerous at times. Uh, I'll never forget we had this hotel. We shot at my hometown of Tarpon Springs. Uh, smuggling marijuana back in the early 70s on shrimp boats. Had tons of marijuana. And they used to do that at the sponge docks down here in the middle of the night, unload them. And uh, we had a hotel leased here. And going toward the end of the shoot, he called me in my room and said, Bertie, come on up here. I need to talk to you. So I go upstairs and I cracked the door and he said, listen, you got $200 on you? I said, sure. But I'm giving him a serious stipend every day. And I wanted to say, what happened to the money I'm giving you? But I didn't. He said, I got this woman in here. I need to get rid of her before I fly back to L.A. And I'm going, he said, I'll get it back to you. And that's been three years ago. I never heard a dime of it back. <laughs> but that's Tom Sizemore. Wonderful so, actor. So what was that movie? called is it out and what did you do what was your role executive producer no i was the producer and i also took a role in it i take a role in all my movies and i said if you guys don't like it then you fund the thing leave me alone agreed but uh it was an interesting i mean i enjoyed shooting in my hometown then we had the premiere out at the local theater which we packed two screens it was an amazing time uh it was called the original was uh through the eye and the eye is an area between cuba and the coast of mexico which is about 90 miles it's a pass where all those boats would come through deep water mm -hmm. but the distributors renamed it the colombian connection i said Ooh, how boring but since you guys bought it you name it what you want but it's out there in fact a friend of mine who invested is living now in bahrain which is near saudi arabia said you know i just flew to china and they were showing one of your films on the plane and he said i've seen it several times on aircraft and i said well where are the royalties come on get them in the door no kidding but it's it's been an interesting run in fact we may shoot another one
We shot one called Christmas in Hollywood, which was a cute movie. Uh, but now they, they want to redo, call it Christmas in Hollywood, dot, 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 Florida, that is, Hollywood, Florida. Mm. So we're working on the screenplay now. We'll see where it goes. And you work on these movies with your son that's uh, out in Hollywood? Yeah, Julian directs. He's just a great director. This kid is amazing to watch. You know, we had a young boy in the, last, in the Christmas in Hollywood movie, which Julian had difficulty working with the kid, so I took over. Uh, director and I was hard he was hard to work with and I finally pulled him aside and slapped him in the face and I said look if you don't get your act together you're out of here and he straightened up finally but shooting movies are difficult to do man it's a big process when does the Bill Haley uh, documentary come out I, I want to I'm going to watch that as soon as we can finish the final edit and uh, there's got to be some color correction okay. and artwork to be done, but it, it, it's on its way. That's, you know, the the song Rock Around the Clock meant so many things to so many different uh, dem- generations of people. Like, I grew up in the 70s, so to me, my point of reference for that song is the theme song from Happy Days. And did, you ever see, did you ever see the movie Blackboard Jungle with Glenn Ford? I did not. Well, that was the theme of that movie. And that broke ground. And amazingly enough, we interviewed Peter Ford, Glenn's son, who lived right down the street from me in Burbank. And uh, he had glowing things to say about his father uh, because he was a true movie star, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he lived he lived in Beverly Hills in a single bedroom mansion, but out his back door through the fence. Who was one of the one of his lovers? They used to sneak back and forth across the fence late at night. Just interesting stuff, man. When I think back on what I've seen and done and the stories I've got to tell, uh, I mean, I can tell you some Mel Tillis stories that'll scare you to death. <laughs> Mel was a maniac, but a great guy. I enjoyed being with Mel, but uh, I don't know, man. I've, I've had some fun times, and sometimes they were difficult. But in retrospect, they were always had a certain potion of fun in them. I get criticism. Well, I thought Jimmy Buffett sang that song. Well, no, he didn't. I did. But, of course, Jimmy's worth almost a billion dollars now. And I, I know Jimmy real well. We've hung out back and forth for years. He used to be intimidated when I put out a new album. And our lawyers are the same, Joel Katz in Atlanta. And Joel said, you, you, he intimidated, you intimidate him, and we don't know why. And I said, well, Joel, I don't know why either, but bless his heart. To do what he's done on the strength of Margaritaville is amazing. But I've had a couple bars down in Key Largo was one of them. Had a lot of fun, made a lot of money with it. But I had to get out of there. Rose. I was on the road to alcohol, man. That's a bad road to get on. For sure. Well, All right, Adam. So, what are you doing, Hoss? What's going on? Well, you know, if, if Jimmy can uh, have a, 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 a series of resorts called Margaritaville, uh, I'm smelling a series of resorts called Key Largo. Well, the- he, he he's got a straight a great staff around him. People that work for him are really talented people. You know, he, I don't. You know, he I, he wouldn't have time to do concerts, write books, and run these enterprises. So he wrapped his arms around people he'd been with for years that are very talented business people. So God bless him. Onward and upward, Jimmy. For sure. All right. I want to get back to uh, the movie career in a second. But first, 
since we were just talking about Key Largo, or at least I was, um, we talk about something on on our broadcast called the Yacht Rock Lifestyle. And your video for Key Largo encompasses so many characteristics of the Yacht Rock Lifestyle. The sea, the ocean, boating, the the fashion i mean the the suit the white suit you're wearing with the hawaiian shirt the hairy chest with the medallions i mean the girl you the beautiful woman in the video I mean, there's just so many yacht rock life yacht lifestyles amazing aspects of that video let's talk about that video um, well a couple of stories uh who was the who was the artist who did all the soup cans he's a very famous artist right has been for years okay uh, CBS sent his director down to direct the video. And uh, and we shot it right here in Tarpon Springs in a little island offshore here. The boat I was in belonged to my brother-in-law. But they went to Tarpon Springs High School and pulled this girl out of the senior class. She didn't want to do it. She was too afraid. <laughs> but her, her parents talked her into it. Now she's got her own fan following and her own website. What because of that fun? video? Huh? Uh, Forty years later, she's got a website and a, and oh, a yeah, fan her following. Patty, her name is Patty Wolf now. <laughs> but I was doing a local TV show here at Channel 13 in Tampa about three years ago, and they were interviewing me. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this person walking on the set. Well, it was her all these years later. Looked just like she always did. And they flew her in, found her, and brought her on the set. And we went to lunch, and it was a fabulous day for me. I had a great time. But, yeah, we shot that in two days. And we they run out of time because she was supposed to cheer up toward the end of it, which they didn't have time to shoot. But when I look at it now, it's just so old and primitive. But a great story about that, there was a major DJ named Scott Shannon, who is now the morning DJ at CBS uh, Radio in New York. Mm -hmm. But he and I were out on my boat drinking and whatever was illegal those days but they had given me two three quarter inch tape copies of the video and i gave him one as a gift well about three months later he became the first vj on vh1 and they had no programming so they ran key largo 10 12 times a day <laughs> and that's what helped, that's what helped drive that song into the hearts of america i'm sure that is a great fun fact that the video uh a really another, really catapulted that song another interesting story at that time i was split up with my girlfriend who became my wife and i wrote that for her and i and there was only one radio station playing it nationwide that was wwid about 40 miles outside of atlanta and if you parked your car in the right direction held your mouth right it would come trick trickling in over your radio so i set a deal with the program director to played at noon the following day and I invited Bev to go to lunch and we went to lunch. But before I went in, it turned noon and I turned the radio on. And there it was coming through static and all and she, it played all the way through. And I said, boy, this is great. And she turned to me and says, is that you? And I said, yes, honey, I wrote that for you. She said, well, you're singing flat on the last verse. <laughs> and I went, well, there goes the romance, man, out the window. <laughs> Funny story. Broke my heart right that, there. That is great. Yeah, you should have kept that to yourself. The song, it went to number eight uh, on the Billboard Hot 100 in uh, 82, correct? And it went to number one in the adult contemporary shots. So prior, uh, charts of Billboard. Uh, prior to that, uh, what, what was the career doing prior to Key Largo 
And how did that song, when it hit, change things? Well, you know, I was I was always a single Martin guitar player in the bars around Tampa Bay. And I had a good following here, but I said, you're never going to get out of here like this, Bernie. So I left and went to Atlanta where I knew people from playing drums with Tommy Rowe. And that was the Lowry group in Atlanta. Well, I wrote the song, took it into Bill Lowry. He weighed about 350 pounds, and I'm sitting on the edge of his desk with my old beat-up Martin guitar playing it for him. And he finally suddenly got up and started dancing. And he said, Bertie, no, he said, lad, if this son of a bitch ever gets legs, it'll live forever. And he said, and I said, are you kidding? But I knew we had written some because we were playing this little country bar in Augusta, Georgia named Smokey's. And uh, in fact, the night we moved in on the Sunday, they had to clean the blood off the dance floor so we could set up our gear. <laughs> so I had to do that song eight, ten times a night, and I had just written it. And I said, Bertie, after writing over 200 songs, you might have one. So that's how all that started. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it creeped into the Billboard Hot 100. And at 72, it lost the bullet. And the bullet is when it's moving quickly. And we all panicked, but it got the bullet back the following week. And we watched it climb up the charts. And it was an exciting time in my life because I was living in a one-bedroom apartment in Atlanta. No furniture. And one, and one night, I was sitting on the floor naked with an old quilt wrapped around me that my mother had made. And it was winter, and it was raining outside. And I had a can of beer on the floor and a pack of cigarettes. And I said, God, is this what success is? And I, I, I finally remembered that I had an advance check from ASCAP for $100,000. And I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> and, I, and I never went back to sleep. This was at 3 in the morning. And the next day, I cashed it. We bought new clothes, bought a new Cadillac, and had a ball. Moved out of that little crappy apartment I was in. But that was how it all started. And then I went on tour with the Beach Boys. That is quite a change from naked uh, on a on an apartment with no furniture on the floor to uh, seemingly the next day a brand new Cadillac on tour with the Beach Boys. That's awesome. Well, you know, we, the first gig we played was in St. Petersburg, Florida, which was my neck of the woods. And they practically booed the Beach Boys off the stage for me. And I went, this is crazy. Well, for sure. But, that's your that's your that's your area. Yes, we had a great time. We toured. Well, we toured all over. Uh, then all of a sudden, Bill kept saying to me, you know, you have a major hit in Japan. And I, I wasn't even focusing on that because I was nursing Key Largo in the U.S. charts, Australia and New Zealand, where it was climbing. And the song was Casablanca, which now is one of the top 10 songs of all time in all the Pacific Rim, Rim countries. That's Thailand, Taiwan, Japan, China, uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, all that area of the world. So when I go over there, I'm Elvis. It's amazing how they treat me. Uh, but I, I've spent a lot of time over there. And I love the Chinese people. I just think, well, i got to be careful. I just think the government's a little left of center, a mm -hmm. little weird. But the people are great, man. Well, that, yeah, if, if you're the Elvis over there, they, they would be great to you. Um, the, cra the craziest tour I did was in Saudi Arabia. I got what they call desert throat. I couldn't speak above a whisper, man, much less sing. So my bass player at the time had learned all my songs in the show, sounded kind of like me. 
So they'd get, we gave him a mic and he turned halfway against the audience. They couldn't really see him. So I lip synced the entire tour to him singing. <laughs> Crazy as that, man. And no one, not one person busted you on that? No, didn't know the difference. Oh, my God. They didn't know the difference. That but is that's amazing. crazy. But Saudi's a strange place. I mean, no public show of affection. You can't walk down the streets of uh, Dharan, which is uh, the capital, with your wife, with your arm around her. They just don't allow it, man. But I enjoyed it. So the last day of the tour, I went out and bought myself an outfit. I bought myself an Audi long dress with a hat and put a little makeup on me and with a beard i walked down the street and no one noticed it it was amazing fun you have seen the world my friend You've well there's been parts of it i haven't seen i've been approached about selling my entire package for several million dollars and if i do that i'm going to take my children and my family on a cruise uh to the greek isles across the med into italy france uh, and Portugal, which I'm half Portuguese. And that's one of the first things I'm going to do is just haul them, throw them on a boat and go over there. I think it'd be a lot of fun. That would be a fantastic uh, vacation uh, and a way to honor your, your career and share it with your family. That's that's incredible. Uh, Bernie I mean, Higgins I mean, is our guest. And um, let me uh, get back to the movies real quick. You mentioned uh, really off the cuff, like it was no big deal, that Burt Reynolds was one of your dearest friends. Uh, Burt well, Reynolds is a is one of the you know just legendary icons of of entertainment, transcending a star on the walk of Hollywood. Uh, tell well, us you about know, your relationship. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you how my relationship with Burt started. They were shooting a film in Atlanta, Sharky's Machine, I think it was. Okay, I remember that one. And his brother Jim was his transportation captain in all his movies. In fact, they pulled. Father pulled Jim off the streets of Jupiter, Florida, where he was chief of police. He was just a, a wayward child with no family and inherited him as Bert's younger brother. Well, Jim, I, I had friends up there that was a doctor, and they were close to Jim Reynolds. Well, Jim used to pick Bert up every morning in his tour bus he had rented for the movie and drive him to the set. Well, I had recorded a cassette of all the, the first album just on my guitar and me and jim had a cassette that i'd given him and he made bert listen to that thing every morning on the way to the set about drove him nuts well bert was shooting a series called bl striker the abc miss movie of the week and he his secretary got in touch with me i was living in atlanta and said bert wants you to come down here. he wants to talk to you about something so i flew down there to buccaneer of uh, buccaneers restaurant at jupiter and then strolled bert and we sat down and started talking and he said you know you're the best songwriter ever to come out of florida and i said with that kind of intro i got to listen to everything this guy's got to say he said i want you to write a song for the series so it was a poor boy rich girl one living in palm okay. beach where the rich folks live and across the bridge at west palm is where the poor folks live so I wrote a song called Palm Beach with Bert helped me write. So he and I started getting close. And then he had me on the show with my band singing Palm Beach. And him and Lonnie were dancing to it on the screen. It was an interesting time. But I met him about a year before they were shooting The Man Who Loved Women. 
and I was flying over to Japan to do my first tour of Japan. And uh, I went to the set and met him. And turned out to be a nice guy. Well, he and I became close friends for years. And uh, he, he went through good times, hard times, all kinds of times. But they, entered, they, they inducted me into the Florida Music Hall of Fame, which they wanted to give me the award over in Fort Lauderdale at a hotel. And Bert had his driver drive him over there to present me with the award. And I watched him come hobbling down the hallway. In fact, my wife helped him into the award room. And he was on two uh, two crutches. And I said, wow, what happened to you, babe? And he died not long after that. But he gave me the award, and we ended up on television locally. But that's me and Bert's story. Good guy, though, sweetheart. And I thought a great actor. Oh, he was one of the greatest. I just watched Smokey and the Bandit the other night, and I went, "Wow, I, wow!" I think uh, I think you're qualified as a, a close personal friend of his, and with your documentary experience, I, I'm smelling a Burt Reynolds movie produced by Bertie Higgins. Well, that would be interesting. I mean, problem problem is when you're going by when you got to buy up this stock footage that was in, it's very expensive. So you got to come up with some serious money. And I wish Bert was still alive. I went to his funeral. Jim showed up, and Jim died about a couple months later. Sally Field snuck in the back of the church. No one knew she was there. I didn't even know she was there. Uh, but, yeah, Bert, Bert was very special to me, very special. In fact, I, he invited me. He had a school going in Jupiter uh, teaching acting, and uh, he wanted me to teach his class for a couple nights on cabaret singing which is singing in nightclubs, how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I did, and he tr- sw- swapped off a little uh, time to teach me screenwriting, which I wrote the first screenplay that we shot. And uh, But that was my relationship with Bert was close, yes. He's a good man. Th- this is a great conversation for uh, for listeners and fans of, of Yacht Rock Radio to hear. The amazing stuff that you've done, uh, it's more than just the song Key Largo. Uh, what an amazing life and career. Uh, and since we're talking about movies, uh, there's a film that I've seen just flipping channels, and all of a sudden I saw your face on my flat panel TV in my rec room uh, with Matthew McConaughey. The movie's called The Beach Bum. It was filmed in Boy, Key yeah. West, and you're in that movie. Yeah, I know. Matt, his director, wanted me in it. And uh, I have a friend here who was very wealthy. She had a couple of jets, and we flew down. I brought her with me. And uh, Matt turned out to be just a great guy. And I was hoping he would be because, you know, you meet a lot of these actors and musicians and you hope they're what you they were cracked up to be. Gordon Lightfoot and I became close over the years and he was always one of my favorites. Uh, But you got to be careful. So, you know, if you meet uh, a celebrity who's a knight and a doctor, sometimes they're jerks. Sometimes they're what? Jerks. But sometimes they're not. <laughs> well, I, I try not to be a jerk because these people that are around all these years, if they were jerks, they wouldn't still be around. The same with Willie. I was doing a show with Willie and Linda Ronstadt at the Atlanta Raceway one weekend. And this was several years ago. And I'm sitting backstage tuning my guitar. And I got my head down. And Willie comes up and pats me on the head. And I looked up. And as Willie said, Bertie, I love your work. Turning walked away. Now that made you know the stuff like that just blows me away. I mean, especially songwriters. Lightfoot and I—I I met him on the set of the Merv Griffin show, and he was smashed. He was drinking in those days, 
and he was stumbling down from the green room down the hallway to the stage <laughs> and he got all tangled up in the ropes and pulleys backstage trying to get out the back door to go across the alley to the bar and i had to help him un- i had to help him untangle but i i ran into him i never met him and i just love his writing ability and he and we were i met him in the ha- hallway from the green room and i i said gordon you have no idea what you have done to my writing and he looked at me and he said lad we must do what we must do to help the young along i'll never forget this stuff man it's amazing this stuff that these stories are just coming right and left right and left gordon lightfoot then you're you're helping merv griffin uh, stumble out into the parking lot after a show this is fun stuff to talk about i no we, one merv it was it was gordon Lightfoot. oh okay well, i apologize to the merv griffin estate then okay it was, it was he, gordon but lightfoot. When he, but when he got all tangled up in the ropes and pulleys i thought that was hilarious <laughs> That is an image. I, that we, I the imagery of that story is fantastic. Um, do you know? Do you know who else turned out to be a great, great guy? Was Julio Iglesias, which okay. I think is the finest singer that ever lived. And I, I went to one of his shows here at Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater, mm-hmm. and we ended up backstage together talking, talking about the song Casablanca, and he said, "You made a lot of money with that song, didn't you?" In, in, in broken English, he was a funny guy. Fun stuff, got fun stuff, fun yeah. stuff. Fun, very fun. So uh, just to wrap up the Matthew McConaughey beach bum story, the, the scene that you're in is a, you know, a bar, a nightclub, or a beach bar, and you're the entertainment. You're kind of singing one of your – is that one of your songs you're doing? Yeah, I was singing Key Largo. It was Key Largo, on the okay. Stage and he, Matt came on the stage and started singing with me. He couldn't sing in a bucket. And I started laughing so hard I couldn't finish the damn song, man. I'm going, this is crazy. But Matt turned out to be a real sweet guy. He's the kind of guy you go out and have a beer with and talk about women or whatever you want to talk about. One of those guys. How long did that scene take to film? Was it just a few hours one night, or did you do it every night for a week? No, no, no. It was just a few hours one night. And they, uh, funny thing, uh, he came on the stage with a little baby cat, a little kitten in his hands. And he said, let's talk about pussy. Well, they cut that out. They didn't even put it in the movie. Even <laughs> even though Beach Bum wasn't a great movie. Uh, then I recently, my publisher called me from Beverly Hills and said, we have an offer on one of his songs called Just Another Day in Paradise for a TV series. And they told me the amount it would pay. And I okayed it. But then uh, there was a film with two girls what was it? What was the actress's name? Major actress recently. And they used a song of mine called Florida in that. Uh, okay. And uh, Key Largo as well. But those are big paydays. Those things pay well. Uh, you know, upwards of 60 to 70, 80,000 dollars. And, and they're only on screen for just a minute or so. That's uh, a part of the royalties um, world that, that normal people don't understand don't know and and would like to know so you're saying if for a one time just the single use of a song in a in a, a movie or a television show it could be sixty seventy thousand dollars yep uh I, I call it mailbox money uh but the last year or so has been fabulous with the royalties i don't know what these people are doing during a pandemic but they must be listening to a lot of my music because the royalties just made a lazy lazy man out of me I've only done two shows this year, and uh, one was at the Florida Folk Festival up in Lake City, 
and I was one of the lead acts on the show. But I've had this back issue, so I had to sit on a stool because I could barely stand up. But that's got to go away. I haven't sat on a stool since I was playing the Royal Inn in Clearwater in the late 70s, early 80s. Well, with the time life streaming uh, of your of your 27 albums, um, I read that there are there, one of your albums it has some cover songs on there. And you did yeah. a version of uh, Brandy from Looking Glass. Um, I always loved it. Well, what I did is I did a full album of just songs I've always wanted to do. And, and Brandy was one of them. And it's just a different production. I cut the tracks in Nashville. Did the singing in Van Nuys, California. Yeah, all songs like Money for Nothing and Your Chicks for Free. Mm-hmm. I always loved it. And uh, Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce. These are songs, if you could read my mind by Gordon Lightfoot, that I've always loved. So I said, well, hell with it. I'm just going to... The most interesting thing is my son Julian, living in North Hollywood, uh, did some research on our family. And my great aunt, Edry, died when my mother was pregnant with me, and I never met her. But she was a Tin Pan Alley songwriter. And he researched into the copyrights found 17 songs by her in the copyright office, went to the University of South Florida, and they had all the sheet music. So he sent the sheet music to me. And I'm thinking about recording an album of all that sheet music and call it Gold from the Great Depression or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Time Life said, if you'll do that, we'll enter it into the Grammys in the Americana category. Because that'd be an interesting project to do. Just I- all kinds of but I got to tell, tell you how she died. It was crazy. She was in an elevator in Tampa. And it didn't have the automatic doors. You know, when you step in, these, you have these automatic doors. Mm-hmm. Well, she got her head caught between the doors after the close. And it drug her between the wall of the elevator up several flights and killed her. Good Lord, what a way to die. Man. Whoa. That, yeah. I wasn't expecting that story. That is, that is a crazy way to go. Well, that's just another uh, chapter in my life. Another chapter of the Bertie Higgins uh, book. Speaking of, uh, is there an autobiography coming out we can look forward to? I'm working on it. I'm in chapter two and can't get beyond it. Uh, You're going to have to have 175 chapters with all the stories you just told me. I'm sure there's there's more. That's that's just the tip of the iceberg, man. Well, I I brought up... uh, uh, Brandy from Looking Glass, because we've had uh, Elliot Lurie on the show, and you know we play that original version uh, on Yacht Rock Radio. I would love to have both of you on stage, um, you know, with some sort of mashup of uh, of the song, and have you come out uh, as a special guest and sing with him, and and then maybe he sings some uh, some of your hits with you. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, set it up. Let's do it. <laughs> of course. Let's just do it. All right. Well, I'm uh, all about doing live events and concerts and uh, promoting them and having fun with the listeners. Uh, the fans are just crazy about this stuff. Uh, I'm sure you've seen over the years, um, your fans from the early 80s are, are now, you know, they're as old as we are. Uh, and then there's new fans. So what's that like to well, look out in a, the audience and see somebody in their 20s or 30s that are singing along with your songs? How is Yacht Rock doing? Are you making any money with it, man? How's it going for you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's big. It's a hobby. That's a passion. That's uh, turned into a a way to make a living. It's fantastic. Well, bless your heart, man. That's good news. I like to hear people make money, especially in something as difficult as that, because as you know, the music industry is very difficult. 
you know, people look at what I've done and it's been very difficult, but it's all been a crime of passion because I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't passionate about it, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, before we hit the uh, the time life one last time, I, I want to ask uh, what your reaction is when you walk into a bar or, or a nightclub uh, and the cover band on stage is playing Key Largo. How's that make you feel? Well, what do you do? I've, I've done that so many times, and most of the time it's either too fast or too slow or in the wrong key. And I got uh, after a few drinks, I just get pissed off, and I stand up and say, wait a minute. <laughs> and I walk up on the stage, and I said, this is how it's supposed to go. And I'd conduct the band, and I would sing it. So I've, I've done that many times. Oh, that is beautiful. Bertie, I've asked, that's kind of my signature question. I always end an interview with asking about the cover band uh, reaction. And no one, not one artist has said that they walk up on stage and take over as the composer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty arrogant, but I have to have a few <laughs> crown royals in me before I do that. Well, that's but not I, arrogant. That's your baby. It's your song. I'm sure the band's like, thank God you're here. This is fantastic. I mean, they. Well, what is their reaction when the Bertie Higgins walks up on stage? They didn't know you were there. They're going humming, 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 I guess. I don't know what to think, but I've done that many times, and I often apologize to the band after breaking into their gig. But you know what? Back in those early days when I was doing the single, there weren't many of us around there doing it. And now every little honky-tonking bar has got its own little guitar player working on cover material. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just been an interesting trip. And I've enjoyed every, well, some, the majority of them have all been pleasurable to me. It's, and, you know, there's always an eye-opener out there for you. Did I really see that or did I really do that? And I'll lay in bed at night, as I said, and go, God almighty, I did that. The funniest thing is there was a television show for years called Nashville Now with Ralph Emery hosting it. I did that show 50 times exactly. And I'm not a country act. You go figure that one out. I couldn't figure it out. Well, there is some, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a country fan really, but there, I do hear some crossover here and there with a few of the yacht rock and yacht adjacent songs with, you know, an acoustic guitar and uh, the male voice. Uh, you, you, all, all you have to do is change out your captain's hat for a cowboy hat, and maybe it's a little bit country. So, uh, that's well, the, you know, I, I did an album called uh, Cowboys of the Caribbean. I didn't write the title song, but it's a great song, and it's country, and I did it country. And uh, that whole album is full of pedal steel guitar and yahoos, you know? Mm -hmm. But it, but that was an interesting album. It's, all of my albums have all been uh, energy passion thing, or I wouldn't have done them. And I'm, and I'm working on my 28th album now. And when that's but, done, will it be updated to the Time Life streaming? Probably. Probably, okay. But right now, they've only got five or six albums in, starting with, and a lot of them are starting to show up these songs on YouTube, mm -hmm. which is a good promotion. And, uh, you know, any port in the storm, man. You know, you just, there's things I've accepted that right now I probably wouldn't accept anymore, but it's always any port in the storm. And if, and, 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 and if I can see helping the career along, People's, pe keeping people's attention on what I do, that's important, and I'll do it. Well, Bertie, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for the time. I want to ask you um, one last switch gears here real quick. 
But I also host a public affairs radio show, and we talk about charity and foundation work. Have there been, uh, is there a charity or a foundation you've been tied to or would like to promote? And I can put that on my public affairs show. Well, I've done many charities over the years. I'm an easy touch. If I know the money's going where it's supposed to go, I'll do it. The last one I did was an equestrian charity, and I'm not a big horsey guy. But I always supported the Suncoast Seabird Sanctuary on Reddington Shores, run by Ralph Heath. Well, unfortunately, he died about six months ago. But, yeah, I mean, I've done cancer society chair. I've done everything. Many golf tournaments, and I'm a lousy golfer. But they love me on the team because I had a great handicap. You know, when you join a team of good golfers with a 30 handicap, they say, come on board. Right. I, I don't know how you, uh, you, you know, I, you're Mr. Florida and you're, and you're not good at golf. That's a little hard one. That's hard for me to believe. Well, I was on the golf team four years in high school. Oh, well, then, you, brother, oh, well, then you're way better than average. Well, no, I'm all right. I mean, I can get the ball down the fairway. It's just I don't play at all now uh, as a hobby because it's just a way. I mean, I'll go grouper fishing before I'll play golf. Uh, but my latest hobby is like Bob Dylan's watching tv i watch turner classic movies faithfully i love them the old black and whites because i was always a big bogart fan obviously from key largo obviously yeah but i sang flat on the last verse don't forget that (laughs) so the golf charities uh real quick back to the equestrian charity so equestrian uh it was to raise money and awareness for um, youth to be able to ride the horses or learn how to ride horses. That's an amazing, that's an interesting uh, charity for me uh, to learn about. Tell me more about that. Well, that's for the youth to ride horses. It's therapy as well. It's Carol Martin's daughter, who was a billionaires that been a friend of mine since we were in third grade. Her daughter was running the charity and they wanted me to come perform at it. And of course, I, you don't tell Carol Martin no. So I took the band over there and we set it up and did it. Uh, then they tried to pay me. I said, just pay the band. You know, I, I don't want anything out of this. But that's normally w- the way I do it. But charities are important to me if they go where they're supposed to go. Yeah, that's you know I mean? that's the risk. Uh, you you got to do a little research as an artist to make sure you're getting involved with something that's legitimate and uh, that the money's going in the right place. So uh, hats off to you. And uh, as, a, I guess, um, a student of charities and foundations and and uh, appreciating people that support them uh i appreciate that you get involved when uh when asked and and do it right that's awesome that you do that well if you come up with something uh show charity i'll do it man let's let's do it let's just do it i i love that attitude and uh i'm always looking for for ideas on live events to support charities and foundations and now that i know you know, you're in Florida. Uh, I love Florida, especially in the winter. Maybe, and you do golf outings. I love to golf. Maybe we'll have uh, the Adam Rich Show golf outing uh, somewhere near your hometown, and uh, we'll raise some money for a good charity. Well, Carol Marchin, uh there's a big course here called Innisbrook. Valspar got involved, and, and they do an annual thing. And she wanted me to get some celebrity friends of mine out of uh, out of L.A., which I did. I got her a couple guys. One was a co-star on Home Improvement, and uh, and he now has another TV show. Got them, flew them in. I know who you're talking about. The guy that does the the hose commercials. And you're right. You he, got he, he, uh, co-ho- he did the. He was a host of uh, Family Feud for a little while too. What's his right. name? His name's escaping me. But continue. I, I'm sorry. 
just a great guy. And but I, I rounded up a couple uh, c- celebrities because I know a lot of them. Richard Carn, that's his name. Richard Carn. Yeah, there it is, Rich. And Rich turned out to be a sweetheart. He came out and really had a good. But so Richard Carn, <laughs> uh, we're talking celebrity uh, golf outing, uh, and we could get uh, Bertie Higgins and Richard Carn from Home Improvement, some of the some of your other buddies, and and raise some money for a great cause down in Florida. I I think we should do that. Have you heard my version of Leah with me and Roy Orbison singing it? I have not heard that yet. No, I, I did read about that. Uh, the, God Almighty, you've worked with you know, Roy Orbison too. That's awesome. And, and I knew and I knew Roy from years from touring with Tommy Rowe in the Romans. Uh, but Roy, uh, but uh, Orbison was just an incredible vocalist. That was at uh, Creative Workshop on a real cold winter night in Nashville. And he come flying in in a Ferrari on the gravel parking lot and slid in sideways. Well, he didn't see real well. And I said, Roy, how you doing? How are your eyes? He says, fine. How are yours? And uh, <laughs> they set up two microphones for about three feet apart looking at each other. And if anybody can inspire you to sing some notes you didn't think you could, it was Orbison. No kidding. That- he had a tough life, man. He died way too young. But if you get a chance, go somewhere. Uh, go to Google and put Bertie Higgins Leah. You'll find it. And listen to this voice sing. Uh, the last note just made my hair stand on end. He's amazing. And I'm, I look back on that and I go, did that really happen? That There's the name of your autobiography. Did that really what? happen by Bertie Higgins? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I've already got what I want on my tombstone. It's just another day in paradise. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope that doesn't happen for, you know, 30, 40, more, 20, at least 20 to 40 more years from now. Well, here's what a lot of people don't know. About eight months ago, I had open heart surgery. They did a three-way bypass. Have you ever had open heart surgery? I am happy to report I have not had that, no. Scared the hell out of me, man. I but bet I it did. I, I don't remember any of it. So I bought a treadmill when I got home. That lasted about a week, and I said, God, this is awful. So now I, I don't even walk. So I'm just here, man. I'm just here. So we've sort of evolved into some heart health conversation here as well. So what's it no, like? No, uh, no, did you have no, to change no, your no. diet or anything? I need to quit smoking, and I've cut way back on that, which has been difficult. Because I'm a smoker, and I love it. But it's been years I've been doing this thing. And I'm going, why are you still doing it, bonehead? What are you doing, man? But that'll go next. I've got to get that out of my life because it can't be good. It, can't be good that's not good Bertie. yeah even though it looked cool in the in the key largo video in your white suit with the hawaiian shirt and the cigarette it looked it was part of the yacht rock lifestyle for sure but i've gotten criticism about that people love to criticize you, oh man. they absolutely they criticize i mean that was 40 years ago it's not like you made the video it, today well you know it is what it is man it was what it was and once you've done it and it's in ink, you can't change it, man, even though you'd like to. But I don't want to change a damn thing. I mean, except smoking. I need to quit it. And all you people out there listening, if you're smoking, don't. Don't start. Don't do it. A public service announcement from Bertie Higgins. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bertie. Right. I, I can't, thank, right, can't thank you enough um, for the time, for your efforts. Uh, again, for our listeners, uh, you can check out his new streaming stuff. Uh, of his old stuff uh, through the Time Life series. Just Google Time Life Bertie Higgins and you'll be able to find it and download it and, uh, and have a great time sailing away to Key Largo with Bertie Higgins. Thank you so much, Bertie.
Well, did you enjoy the interview? <laughs> well, of course I did. I can't tell you how much I learned. Um, I, I, I didn't know there was a Bill Haley Museum in Germany, but now, thanks to you, I know that. A big one, amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always amazed at stuff in the world. Amazing. All right, well, I'll cut you loose, man. Listen, all you people out there that happen to be listening, God bless you all. Take care of yourself and love everyone around you, please. And that's from me, Bertie Higgins. Oh, that's awesome. That was a great ending. Okay, my brother. Well, God bless you, Adam, and I enjoyed talking with you. I all. really enjoyed this, Bertie. Yeah, me, me too. Thank you so much, we'll, and we'll do this again for sure. You're listening to Yacht Rock Radio. For more smooth, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Yacht Rock Radio.